Um, okay, so you're on board with what this is about and why we're doing it, yeah? Yes. And the fact that everyone in the team is really happy with you as the, the manager <laughs> and, the, and your success in being able to bring people together because we are all so different, but we work so well together. Yeah. So um, can you summarize for us or for me your background in additive and how you started the journey as a business owner of a specialized recruitment agency? Yeah, those are two quite different stories. Um, so um, I founded my first recruitment company with my business partner, Ian, um, 11 years ago. We previously worked um, together in another recruitment company. And out of the last kind of financial crisis that we found ourselves in, um, I felt it was time to uh, set something up on my own uh, rather than working for a big corporate. Always mm -hmm. been quite an entrepreneurial guy always had lots of ideas so uh, decided to take the plunge back in um, 2010 mm -hmm. and founded what then was Alexander Daniels as a financial recruitment company. Um, we've grown that into a multi-divisional recruitment business now with various different divisions in energy, offshore, the original finance business and now additive manufacturing. And I came to additive manufacturing because I saw a story in the BBC of a guy who had a motorbike accident, severely disfigured his face, and they used uh, 3D printing to create molds for the surgeons to practice. And then they 3D printed and implanted cheekbones. I was blown away. I thought, wow, this technology is really changing people's lives. So I, alongside an intern that was working for us at the time, who was uh, in the UK learning English from Barcelona in Spain, um, he was going back to Barcelona uh, to complete his final degree. Saw a lot of potential in him as an individual. So we kind of just started researching the industry um, of additive manufacturing, talking to lots of different companies and finding out about the challenges that the industry faced from a um, availability of materials, cost, speed, repeatability, you know, all the technical challenges, but uh, overriding a lot of those was a lack of um, talent and um, skills. So within that kind of nine months that we were researching the industry, we'd already acquired several clients and, um, yeah, that kind of was the catalyst for setting up Alexander Daniels Global as a, a business, a recruitment business that specialised exclusively in additive manufacturing. And we made it our mission to enable the revolution in additive manufacturing through talent based on the belief that it would change people's lives. So, Great. yeah, that's how we, uh, we got started in the industry Super. six years ago. And did you always have in mind that it would be a global organisation? Uh, well, given that Juan Miguel, who was uh, from Barcelona, um, went back to Barcelona, uh, you know, he was one of kind of the you know first people in the team, uh, him and I. It, it was inevitable that we wouldn't just be based in the UK mm -hmm. because he was going back to Barcelona. Yeah. Um, the industry is not a local industry, yeah. you know, and, you know, if you think about the actual size of the additive manufacturing industry compared to, you know, sort of traditional manufacturing, it's very, very small. You know, there are, 
you know, industrial companies out there that are bigger than the whole of the AM industry. Mm -hmm. So in order for us to develop a successful business, Mm -hmm. we needed to serve the global additive manufacturing market. Mm -hmm. And while we could do that from a singular base here in the UK, um, I always felt it would be better if we had a more international, diverse team of people capable of serving different customers in different countries where there are different cultures so mm-hmm. um that that was certainly on my um on my mind when we were approaching how we grew the business interesting so obviously the fact that you're based in the UK and Juan Miguel was based in Barcelona and you wanted to grow this global team there would have been i guess challenges that you would be facing in growing a team globally yeah what were some of them that you were expecting and how did you overcome them yeah um the i think in in the first instance sometimes there's communication and cultural differences Mm -hmm. you know understanding the way people work understanding the speed at which they work the uk recruitment market is quite mature recruiters generally you know experienced in the industry work a certain way compared to you know those in Spain for example or even those in in the US um you know the way we overcame you know initially that challenge was you know we created a set of values for the business mm-hmm. um you know that guided the way we operated mm-hmm. as a team uh, you know internally but also externally with clients as well okay. you know based on passion and drive and you know, a desire to really, you know, make an impact within additive manufacturing. So so that helped overcome a lot of it. Communication was important. So, you know, weekly meetings, utilising technology like um, Microsoft Teams, um, you know, has always meant that we've stayed connected even though we're remote. Certainly within Europe, when we had people working in different offices, we'd get together in person at least once a quarter um you know we did sort of a two day getaway if you will the first day was always business focused reviewing the quarter's performance and the second day was always about an experience mm-hmm. so you know we went to the european championships we went did zorbing we've done <laughs> skiing you yeah. know we've done loads of different activities in loads of different cities around Europe. Yeah. Um, you know, to kind of build that culture and build that cohesive unit. Yeah. The pandemic last year obviously stopped a lot of that. Um, but it's certainly something that we'd look to to get back to in the future. I think that's really interesting actually, because if you think about it, regardless of the culture or the background or the sentiment of the person what really brings people together is a shared experience exactly yeah and that's what you that's what we did understood and you played on in order to keep the team grounded and together yeah which is nice And, and even with the us i mean you know we have two major trade shows every year rapid in the us form next in germany they were big events for us not just because we would go and meet clients and candidates but we'd meet each other as well so 
you'd spend two or three, you know, sometimes even four days together as a team. You know, you'd be having breakfast together, lunch, dinner. You'd go out and have some drinks in the evening, you know, and that kind of, again, bonded, shared experience kept the team, you know, quite uh, quite close. Super, okay. So part of expanding a business is uh, often rooted in expanding the team. Yes. And Alexander Daniels Global, the team has been various different sizes throughout the years. Yeah. Um, so when you, how did you recruit, uh, sorry, how did you approach recruitment for your own team yeah. when you had to recruit for positions abroad? <clears throat> so I think, you know, to start with, I mean, the first external hire we made um, going back a while um, in Barcelona with Juan Miguel was Edgar. And um, we approached that as if we were recruiting a co-founder. Um, so we wanted somebody with experience in recruitment that was entrepreneurial, that wanted to join a startup in an industry that was growing really fast. And we just adopted a very traditional recruitment approach. We advertised the job, we did some headhunting um, and narrowed it down to, you know, a sort of short list of people. But, you know, Edgar was the standout candidate for us um, in, in that sense. And, and we hired Edgar. Um, in the UK, it was a little bit different, actually. Um, somebody within the extended network of our wider business, Loxley, um, joined us um, as he was known to somebody who worked for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and having spent some time with him and understood he had experience working in advanced technology recruitment before mm-hmm. and was very sort of technology savvy. You know, given the opportunity to move into additive manufacturing was something that really excited him. Right. Um, so, you know, those were the first kind of initial hires that we made into the business and they were very different in how they kind of came to us. Mm-hmm. I think what's really interesting is then how, for example, we got Jen in the US. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jen was a client of ours. You know, she was the global HR manager for a major you know, 3D printing manufacturer and we'd recruited for her in Europe and Asia and um, one day she called me up out of the blue and said, I'm leaving. And I said, okay, where, where are you going? What are you doing? And she said, well, I'm going to just do my own consulting for a bit and, you know, sort of see where I land. And, um, you know, I said, well, how do you fancy setting up an office in the US for me? Yeah. And uh, she said, well, let's give it a go. Um, so we, we, we hired Jen and then much in the same way when we, we uh, hired Julia um, to set up Germany for us three years ago, she was a client of ours yeah. and um, again she picked the phone up to me one day and she said I'm leaving, again she was working for a major you know, 3D printing manufacturer, she said I'm leaving, um, just wanted to let you know. And I said, where are you going? And she said, I'm not decided yet, but I'd like to stay in the industry Mm because she's very passionate about 3D printing. And she has a personal story linked to um, how it helped save the life of a close friend of hers. And uh, I said, well, how do you fancy setting up an office in Germany for me? (laughs) So uh, she did. Um, 
So those people have kind of come to us. You know, we've not gone out there looking for them. The timing was right for them. The timing was right for us. And we just took the opportunity when it presented itself to us. I think that's the word, opportunity. You managed to see the opportunity and the potential even in bringing that person on board, you know, regardless of the background or where they came from. Yes, they had experience in additive manufacturing but and even in recruitment, but, you know, it's... It's not that they applied for a role that you were advertising. No. You saw a chance for the business to grow with them and for them to grow with the business. And that's the interesting thing because I think in recruitment anyway, um, a lot of what sits on creating a diverse team is looking for the potential in the person yeah. and not just... <clears throat> you know the experience or education that they have which I can say for myself the fact that I'm new in the industry and, and new even to the to marketing um, you've taken the, the the chance on me because you saw some kind of potential in me so what would you comment on in terms of potential when hiring diverse teams yeah I mean I, I think um <laughs> There's a phrase, uh, and uh, I can't remember where I heard it, and it, it's fairly common. You should hire for attitude and train for skill. Mm. And um, I'm a sucker for it, to be honest. <laughs> okay. um, I see the potential in people, and I want to develop that potential. I don't think, and this is a, it's a negative, slightly in me as a leader and as a, as a manager, you know, I... I, I never kind of hire people for specific roles, you know, purely based on, okay, I've got, you know, a square hole. I need to go and find a square peg for it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've hired almost all the people that we've hired into our business based purely on uh, the potential that I see that they have. Mm -hmm. uh, have they got passion? Mm -hmm. One of our values. Mm -hmm. Have they got drive? One of our values. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, then, you know, are they somebody that is going to come in and, and, you know, make an impact? Mm -hmm. um, re regardless of, you know, like, are they the perfect fit from, uh, you know what they've done in the past mm -hmm. if they've got those kind of kind of key building blocks then I'm more than willing to take a risk on people mm -hmm. now it hasn't always worked out right you know like it, we're now sat here you know almost six years in and if it worked a hundred percent of the time we'd be a team of 12 people yeah um, but we're not we're a team of um, well five people now and you know, one or two of the people that we've lost, uh, we've lost because, you know, that potential that I saw didn't materialise. Right. Um, and, you know, you have to understand that, you know, you're never going to get it 100% right with yeah. hiring 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, and you will make mistakes. And for whatever reason, some people won't always fit. Yeah. Um, you know, either the performance isn't there, you know, because recruitment is a performance-based business at the end of the day, we, mm -hmm. we have to get results. Um, so sometimes that is lacking. And, you know, actually sometimes maybe you just don't quite get the right cultural fit. Mm -hmm. um, and it just doesn't work out for the person. 
we've not had many of those yeah. you know we've got a really really diverse team and um you know if it's more a case that it, it's the performance that doesn't materialize the potential doesn't materialize yeah um, or you know in you know a most recent example a, a change of direction for somebody in terms of their career yeah um so uh that's something that you can't always plan for either no, of course yeah of course But it's interesting anyway, because I think for you anyway, it seems to be quite a natural part of your character to look for the potential, the strength in a person. Um, and you, as a manager and as a leader, you tend to uplift the team, I would say. Um, but is it because you apply a certain approach or a certain process in doing that or No. Is there a certain value that you have that you uh, like to apply to the people in the team? Uh, how, how do you get to that point of yeah. identifying the, the potential and the strength and then nurturing it? Because that's really important in growing a diverse team is being respectful of the differences in the team and yeah. knowing how to nurture the individuals in the team. Yeah. I mean, it's funny like that you say that because I don't see myself as a very good manager right. in that sense because I'm not organized. I generally uh, dislike traditional management methodologies based on KPIs, performance, plan, do, review, mm -hmm. which is very, very structured. Um, so I, I'd say my qualities either as a manager or a leader are probably a bit more just instinctive right um and uh the way i treat people is as individuals mm -hmm. and generally my philosophy is to give people the autonomy and the freedom so if you're going to bring people in with potential mm -hmm. um set them the goal and then allow them to achieve it right um you know don't tell them how to do it right. you know support them when they need your support um you know give them the opportunity to ask questions yeah but don't always give them the answers yeah. get them to think about those responses for themselves allow them to make mistakes create a culture in which mistakes are accepted and yeah. a part of learning and development and you know just understand that you know um people will approach things in a different way um you know and, and i love the fact that you know we have got a really really diverse team and you know that it it, it works in the roles that people are in mm -hmm. to have a diverse set of kind of knowledge and experience and approaches yeah you know like somebody in a more business development client facing role will have a different set of skills and a different way of working to somebody in a you know more you know marketing digital you know digital role. type role where yeah. it's more creative you know and to manage them the same way just wouldn't work no so you have to be in a small organization like this more flexible adaptable and just give people freedom and autonomy um, but i think that applies also to, to even larger organizations obviously when you have a large organization there is a certain level of management in the traditional sense that needs to take place yeah um since you're managing more people 
But in terms of taking on a diverse group of people in a team, which maybe have different methodologies, different ways of approaching the work and have different educational backgrounds even, they will need to have that autonomy, as you say, to be able to express their skills in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. And this kind of uh, standardization or one-size-fits-all approach to management or recruitment won't work if the aim is to build a diverse team. Mm-hmm. So having said all of that and having heard your experiences and also your approach to it, what is the advice that you would give smaller and larger companies when it comes to um, growing the team in a diverse way? Mm. I think, you know, I, I don't set out when I'm hiring with diversity in my mind. Yeah. So I'm not setting out thinking, well, you know, my next hire, for example, needs to be female because now we've got three males, two females. And if I want to balance up the gender, mm. you know, equality within the business 50 50, mm. I need to go and hire a female. I don't think about that sort of stuff. I guess coming back to the point, instinctively, I'm trying to hire the best person. Yeah. But it's kind of coded into me yeah. that the best person could be anyone. Yeah. You know, whether they're male or female, uh, regardless of ethnic origin, yeah. th- that's not something that I would ever see within a recruitment process. I'm yeah. just looking for that potential. Yeah. You know, so whether it's going back to kind of the, you know, the start coming full circle, an email that I received out of the blue in slightly broken English from, you know, a then, you know, 20 year old Juan Miguel who was coming to the UK to learn English. Yeah. So taken by this email, I felt at the very least, I've got to give this guy a call and say, I don't help people find internships. Yeah. But then so taken by him on the phone that I invited him in to meet me. Yeah. And then when meeting him, I was like, I have to hire this guy. Yeah. That's the magic. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and, and, and I'd say that that's the same with everybody in my team now is that, you know, you just see that potential. So when you're hiring somebody, this is really, really counterintuitive to what I guide clients on is, you know, we talk about structured approach and, mm-hmm. you know, competency-based assessment, you know, and all of those things are important when you're yeah. trying to narrow down a long list of candidates to the shortlist. But then ultimately, when you make that decision, you're making it based on the person that sat in front of you. And for me, you know, it's, do you see the potential in that individual to really grow within your organisation? And do they demonstrate to you the passion and drive to take the opportunity that you're going to give them and be a success? Yeah. Um, And it's irrelevant as to, you know, like I said, gender, ethnic origin. It's just about that passion drive and potential that you see in front of you perfect okay that was a really good conversation thank you good